Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of our DevOps for non-DevOps podcast. I'm Lina, your host and the HR of Develip. For those who tune in, in for the first time, in each episode we will talk about interesting and up-to-date concepts in the DevOps world. We unravel the complexities of the DevOps world, making it accessible and engaging for everyone, regardless of the technical expertise. Joining me today is an amazing member of our team, Arnon. Hi. Welcome. Thank you very much. Arnon is a DevOps engineer and a key contributor of our education team in Develip. Currently, Arnon is also working on the Velips on-demand Kubernetes course, so there is much to wait for. Hi, Arnon. Hi. Thank, Thank you, you for much. joining us today. I'm happy to be here. How was your morning? It was okay. I worked on, a, on the course, as you said, worked on a project uh, for internal use. Um, it was a pleasant morning, all in all. So tell me... About what are we going to talk today? Um, today we're going to talk about containerization and a bit about Docker too. Okay, so tell me what is Docker, what is the longest word I ever heard. Containerization. <laughs> so in order to explain it, I'd like to use a short analogy. I'll try and keep it short. Uh, let's imagine we own a factory and we produce some product, maybe an electronic product or something like that. And uh, what problems might we face when trying to reach our customers with this product? Uh, so one would be shipping. We want to make sure that we can ship it easily over land, ocean, sea, without having to deal too much with uh, changing methods of shipment. Security and uh, safety. We want to make sure that our product arrives in one piece that, and that the customers get exactly what they ordered, no more nor less. And uh, we want to make sure that our methods of dealing with this scale well, meaning we can do this uh, for one customer, for 10 customers, for 100 customers, as many as needed. Okay, so it's like a boat, and we put all the information in this boat and containers? Exactly. So they're called containers um, because they're, like, they're just like shipping containers, only instead of packing... Uh, clothes or electronic components or uh, anything else, we pack our software into those containers. The containers contain uh, the application and everything that's needed to run the application, so they make it very easy uh, to run the same application in different environments, uh, which is uh, the big problem that they solve, or one of the big problems at least. Okay, interesting. Um, so tell me how DevOps use it. DevOps and developers in general use containers uh, to create a secure, easily transferable environment for their application. Uh, an application typically consists of the code a developer or someone, could be a DevOps engineer, developer, writes, and then it also has the dependencies, that is the code that they bring from the outside that they need in order to run that code. And then it also has typically a runtime, that is some sort of environment that can run, that can interpret the code and run it. And then on top of all that, there's uh, the operating system itself because code does not normally transfer between different operating systems easily because 
can be different hardware architecture, different operating system kernels or various things like that. And what a container does, it takes all of those components that you need and packs them together. And basically it separates your application uh, from all those things. You know, once you get your image, build your container and run it, you know you have all those things and it creates um, uh, an immutable image that is mm. guaranteed to be the same every time. Okay, so you told that DevOps and just programmer, engineer can do it. So what is the uniqueness that DevOps brings? I would say uh, DevOps, it, this is, of course, very practice dependent because the line between DevOps and developers can get blurry, of course. Uh, but depending on uh, the place, well, your workplace practices, I guess, DevOps um, may or may not handle the actual building of the image and um, and the packaging and all that, like all the infrastructure surrounding uh, the code itself. And I will take this, I keep saying the word image and container, and so I want to take a moment to... Um, to clarify uh, what they are with another analogy, uh, but this time a simpler one. Imagine you wanted to bake a cake. If you were to bake a cake from memory or maybe you want to make up a recipe in your mind, that's fine, right? You can make a cake like that, but you have no guarantee that you'll get the same cake next time you try if you didn't write the recipe down. Mm -hmm. So by writing a recipe down, you can, uh, you can make a template for a cake, right? And then you can even share that recipe with other people and they can bake the exact same cake as you did. Yeah. Um, so that is what an image is for a container. An image is a recipe or a template or a blueprint, uh, which allows you to build the container. And the container uh, is the result of building that image, just like a cake is the result of following a recipe. And you can share the image uh, with other people. You can share it physically over a disk. You can put it in a place called a registry and they can download it and uh, so on. So I just wanted to make the distinction between a, an image and a container. Yeah, okay. So where do you share it? Like in your organization or it's something that is very global? Uh, that's a good question. You can, like I said, you can technically, if you want to, you can put the image on a USB drive and pass that to someone. But of course, that's not very portable. That's not very scalable. Uh, so what people usually do is they place their image in something called a registry, uh, which is kind of like a bookshelf in a library. And then you can put different books on the same bookshelf or different versions of the same book because you want to group them together. So if someone wants to read the Silmarillion, they can go get edition one or edition two or edition five, but they're guaranteed to get the Silmarillion from that bookshelf. And uh, a registry contains usually one image and it can have different versions of the same image. So someone can who has access to that uh, registry can go to it and uh, download that the specific version that they want and build it locally or wherever and run it. And they get the exact same application that I would get if I were to um, build it on my personal computer. Okay. So all of these bookshelves is in, in the cloud? Where do you keep it? So the cloud generally means a server. So yeah, usually you'd put them in a cloud. There are repositories such as a Docker Hub. Um, of course, AWS has one. 
uh, Azure has one. All the I think all the major cloud providers have one. And uh, yes, you can you can certainly place in the cloud. You can also place it, host your own uh, library, so to speak, your own uh, registry. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go back to the factory. To example. the factory. I want to understand again how it's connected to the to to containerization. Yes. Um, so we could think of our application as our product, right? Because As software developers, we create, uh, we write code. As uh, factory managers, we create some sort of product. Um, so that would be our product. We want to pack our product in a secure, safe way, make it consistent, and um, make it scalable. And uh, just as we would pack our clothes product within a, a physical container, and then we can ship it by many different methods uh, easily, Uh, we can pack our code into a virtual container and then we can ship it to many different operating systems or architectures uh, easily. And similarly, it's secure. We guarantee, just like we do with a close, when we, when we pack our clothes in a container, we guarantee that our uh, customers will get exactly what they order for and that it will um, arrive in an acceptable state. We also guarantee this way that our code product will be secure and will arrive um, exactly as we shipped it, meaning. And uh, finally, it's very uh, same, just like we can stack containers on one on top of another, um, we can uh, stack virtual containers on top of each other and build more of them from the same image. Okay. So we will ship all these ships to other countries with all the information and images. Yes, so um, like we talked about, uh, you can place it in a registry and then anyone from anywhere who has access to the registry, which they might not have, you can make a registry private or you can keep it public depending on if you want to share your code with everyone or just specific people. Just like a library has maybe a restricted section which not anyone can uh, uh, access to read the books there, right? Mm-hmm. So you place your container image in a registry and then anyone else can take that image and build their own container. You can think of it as a, a cookbook recipe library or something like that, maybe. Mm -hmm. Does it the same as open API, for example, or it's not mm, it's, related? It's not related, no. Um, it's uh, containers are... Well, images are a way to tell, uh, to tell another computer how to build a certain application. And um, containers are that application, just like you might install an application on your uh, local computer. Only instead of doing that, you run a container. Okay, got it. I would like to say one more thing. Yes. Um, you will often hear people say, uh, say Docker containers or Docker images. And even people who work... Uh, You know, in the industry will often make this, in my opinion, a slight error because Docker is not the sole creator or a manager of, of the technology of containerization. It just popularized it and it is the most dominant company slash tool for creating, managing uh, images and containers by far. But it's not the only one. There are other uh, tools that do the same thing and there, you can... definitely create images that are not Docker images and containers that are not Docker containers. 
just wanna make. okay so it's not really uh, related to one another or i would say it's it's related in so far that docker docker do deal with containers that's what they do mm -hmm. uh the company docker but containers are not exclusively docker there are other things uh, tools such as podman builda and others that do the same thing in different ways okay that's a very interesting insight um let's summarize it for all the hr sales product people that uh, listen to us absolutely so what the most important things that they need to know um they would need to know that containers guarantee uh guarantee an application in a certain state and make it secure and reliable and uh if they're curious where it meets them maybe in day-to-day -day, then uh, there's a good chance uh, for most websites that they access that the website backend meaning what actually hosts you know the, the website itself is probably a container in some form or other because that's how i'd say most uh most applications are deployed these days. Mm -hmm. We're about to close our episode about mm -hmm. the longest word, containerization. Con containerization. Yeah. And I hope we provided to all of our listeners interesting insights. If not, you know where to find me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so thank you. I was happy to be here. Me too.